What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. If I was excited last week, I am doubly more excited this week because not only are we one week closer from USAPL, Raw Nationals, the best powerlifting meet of the year, we also have our second installation of our preview. Today we cover the 83 kilo men through 105 kilo men and the 63 kilo women through the 69 kilo women and this episode probably is going to be the most contentious of the debates because we talk about arguably the most competitive weight classes at Raw Nationals. Actually, you know what I'm going to say, the most competitive weight class at Raw Nationals because I don't think anyone's arguing against 83s, 93s, 105 men being the most competitive male weight classes. And with the female side, we still get the 69 kilo division, which is a brand new weight class, which can bring a whole lot of possibilities. Terrific episode Break down all lifters. Steve, the Oracle Denovi, brings his analytics in. We had some developments happen while we were, uh, actually after we were recording. So a lot of things happened, especially with Russ Orr. He's deadlift. If you guys haven't seen that, check it out. 749 deadlift. Maybe some cold takes there from Steve and I when we talk about Russ's deadlift, uh, which is always entertaining when two podcast hosts have cold takes. But really great debate from Every single weight class, really, really excited to see what these lifters do because they are stacked. In each and every weight class we talk about today, it is an incredibly stacked field, and we try to cover it all. So hopefully you enjoy this second installation. Next week we'll have our final preview going through the 120 kilo men to 120 plus, and the 76 kilo women through the uh, 84 plus as well. So fantastic episode of Two White Lights. But before we get into this episode, got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com. Go and visit Leflar Bros' Instagram page. Shoot them a follow and you will not be disappointed because you will see the best powerlifting merchandise on that page and you will see tons of lifters wearing Leflar Bros merchandise. And the reason why they wear it is because it looks amazing. I love going into certainty levels and seeing people with different Leflar Bros merchandise because that's the great thing. They have designs that are different. They don't create the same old designs that you see. They are very creative everything. You're going to look good on the platform because they have their comp tees. My favorite comp tees are from Leflar Bros. Also, they have stuff that are going to make you look good in the gym and outside the gym. That's how nice their merchandise is looking. Get yourself some t-shirts, get yourself some dad hats, get yourself some tank tops, baseball tees. You guys know what I love. And use promo code 2WL15 to save 15% off of your order. Also, they sell two white lights merchandise exclusively on leftlobros.com. That's why it's the greatest website in powerlifting. Not only do you get this amazing merchandise from Left Love Bros, you also get Two White Lights, the best powerlifting podcast merchandise as well. So use promo code 2WL15 on your Left Love Bros merchandise and Two White Lights merchandise. Save yourself some money. The best powerlifting discount code in the sport, 2WL15. Do not forget it. Also, make sure you are on Rivalist.net and get yourself some Rival Nutrition Supplements. The name may have changed, but they still sell informed choice supplements from pre-workout protein powders and branched chain amino acids, 
Rivalus has got you covered. So go to Rivalus.net. Use promo code ANGELO20 to save yourself some money. That is 20% off of that order. So use promo code ANGELO20. Also, go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. I wear stoic gear in the gym and on the platform. And the only reason why, it's the best. I love stoic stoic gear. And also, it's affordable too. You don't have to spend an arm and a leg and get some quality knee sleeve singlets and wrist wraps. Stoic has affordable powerlifting gear. Use promo code ANGELO10 and it becomes more affordable. Get yourself some Stoic gear. Save yourself some money. Make sure you use that promo code ANGELO10. Also, go to NotoriousLift.net or NotoriousLift, the Instagram page. Sign up for their newsletter and make sure you do not miss out on some no-slip-drip slippers. When they sell them, you want to make sure you are on that launch because everyone knows that they have the best deadlift slippers. You don't slip on the platform, and that's key. But also, they look incredible. They have so many different colors. They have so many different color waves, designs, that you are going to find something that you love. It is going to match your platform attire, your gym attire, and I know you don't want to miss out on that. So sign up on the newsletter. Make sure you don't miss out on those drops because they sell out quick, especially with those sizes. If you have a popular shoe size, it might sell out pretty quick. So make sure you're on those drops as soon as they release them. And you can get yourself some no-slip-drip Notorious Lift slippers. And we are available on Spotify. We're available on Apple Podcasts. We're available, of course, on 2 Do me a favor and subscribe to all of them. If it's on multiple platforms, subscribe to them. That way you do not miss out on a 2 Lights episode because we release these things at like around 11 o'clock Central Time, maybe midnight, maybe a little earlier than that. Who knows? You don't want to miss out on that. Also, what helps 2 White Lights out a lot is if you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I love to hear what you guys have to say about two white lights. And without further ado, here it is, two white lights. It is Friday, June 4th, and we have USAPL Raw Nationals preview installation number two. How are you, Steve Denovi? I'm doing good. All our projections set up, just like last week, it's going to be another good one. Taking the, uh, I forget what you said, the uh, the field hatred and what was it? And then I take the, the analytics and we combine that to create the best predictions in powerlifting. Yes, yes. You're pretty much describing the 2016 Cubs when you do yeah. that. Uh, arrogance and analytic personified. That's what you need. And you know what? We haven't pissed off too many people with our predictions from the first No, I think there's only, there's only a couple. I mean, I don't. I don't think we should piss off anyone. I think they were all very fair. And I mean, everyone we've talked about, we highly respect. And like, if we're wrong, that's fine. Like we're cheering for everyone on these lists. I I hope we're not pissing people off. Like that's, well, I posted the 74 kilo as we record right now. So maybe there's a fight going on in a two white lights comments. Who knows whenever you post something about 74 kilo men, 
you got some angry comments and stuff. But yeah, uh, the predictions are out there for our very first episode that we did with the previews. Uh, you guys can check them out on uh, Instagram and go back and listen to the episode. But we have this episode going from 83 kilo men to 105 kilo men and 63 kilo women to 69 kilo women, correct? Correct. All right. So this episode, based on the amount of weight class battles there are, the amount of high name lifters, the amount of competitive weight classes, I think we're talking about the two most competitive male classes uh, in this episode. And that's in 83 and 93 kilo men. Yeah. I mean, this is this is probably I mean, we I scheduled it for this reason, because this is the thick of it. Like these are probably I mean, this is where I mean, most men and women fall into weight class wise. So we're, we're going to have probably the most competitive battles here when it comes to looking at who's going to be winning weight classes, especially on the men's side. Yes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Speaking of, speaking of updates on 74, Perk just commented, damn, I'm still underrated. Oh, Perk, you're so cute. No, 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 it's irony at this point, but yeah, um, we'll see, we'll see, uh, we'll see how those comments develop. Uh, I wonder what awesome motivational thing Taylor Atwood's going to post or some Tom Brady quote uh, that's going to come. Yeah, I just saw that now. Nice, you got, uh, you got, you got, you got post notifications turned on. That's good. Yes, sir. All right, well, you know what? Actually, oh, before we start, also, I promise I'll do this. Uh, apologies to Helena Wu. Uh, she did not drop out of Raw Nationals. So sorry to give everyone a heart attack who's in her camp. Our bad. Change weight, weight, change weight classes. Also, I said an addition was Precious Andrew, and I was wrong. It was a weight class change. Okay. So um, we had some – as far as I know since then, I haven't seen any dropouts or weight class changes or additions that we haven't already talked about. So there's really no updates there. And the weight class changes, they were over on March or May 31st. So there's no more changes yeah. there. The roster should be final, and I think we're going to get a schedule shoot soon. They should be posting a schedule of lifting soon outside of just, like, we know, like, okay, they have the the very obvious, like, um, we know when people or sessions are, but I think we're going to have a little bit more info coming soon. All right, fantastic. Hopefully by when this episode is aired, we get that schedule. So, you know what? Let's jump right into it. We are starting with the 83-kilo men. Um, would you say this is the most competitive weight class? I think so because I think it's the only weight class we have not only a true like we we have a true battle for the winner I mean I don't think we I mean we're gonna talk about it obviously I'm a little bit biased in a certain camp but like we may have the biggest storyline for first place in all of nationals and then after that we legitimately have one two three four five people including yourself who could get third and maybe, I mean, just maybe if something happens, sneak into a second place. I, I, I don't think those five are going to be shooting for first because I don't think Sean and Russ are going to have a bad meet. One of them's going to going to total something pretty stupid. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would, even though I'm biased on who might win, I don't think I'm biased in saying it's, it's the most competitive class in the sense that one through seven are all going to be doing things and possibly totaling over who the – Russ's 828 that won it last year or won it two years ago. Yeah, I I spoke about this uh, with a couple of my friends, and you know, just based on your projections, based on your projections alone, I know that no, not everyone or very few of them are going to go nine for nine. You're looking at having a 550 plus dot score, 
and possibly finishing fifth or sixth in a weight class. That is ridiculous. That is... Well, as well as you just joined the Elite 800 Kilo group that's only four people, we might have four more join it. Yeah. Yeah, 800 kilos might get you seventh. Yeah. At Raw Nationals, which is ridiculous uh, because last Raw Nationals in 2019, there was two guys um, who totaled 800 in the past, and I think Russ was the only guy to total 800 at that meet. Uh, Nori, Marcus, and Jamar didn't even total 800, so we might have legit seven people total 800, and that's ridiculous. And the growth of this weight class has been uh, extreme. It has been really fun to watch. I have a bias myself because I'm a part of the weight class, but yeah, it is uh, arguably the most competitive weight class, and with some of powerlifting's biggest names as well, and talking about those one to two spots, Russ Orhe and Sean Noriega, and competing in this weight class myself, I'm telling you right now, those are the two clear runaway favorites to win. It's going to be one of those two gentlemen. It's not exactly a hot take. If you look at their numbers, if you look at what they're doing in training, if you look at their past history, those are the two guys, and it's been this way for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and to give a little uh, breakdown of kind of how he did it, I came up with some of Russ's numbers and kind of where I think he's trending, but just for uh, objectivity, as well as I don't want to be putting out what I think the plan is for Sean, you came up with Sean's numbers. Yeah. And guess what happened? <laughs> they are the exact same total. Yeah. I, you know, this is actually, upon this being possibly one of the, like, the more interesting weight classes between us discussing it, it's just the most difficult because I hate judging myself. And then on top of that, you couldn't really do Sean's numbers either. So there's going to be a lot of weird, like dancing around that stuff as we go along. But yeah, so what you had projected Russ to, to get is a 716 squat, 435 bench press and a 722 deadlift. And when I looked at those, I'm like, yeah, I really can't see anything uh, to disagree with there. I think those based on, Russ's past performances and based on how his training goes, I think those are pretty fair numbers. I had to give, actually this is the first time I actually did this too, throughout this uh, preview, I had to give Noriega's numbers and I went 639 squat, 484 bench, 750 deadlift and those both equaled the same total and really it's it's very hard to decide between these two men. Like I can't really come up with a clear winner uh, just right now, based on their training. And back when we did March Madness, I picked Russ over Sean. And, uh, spoiler alert, that's what I'm going to do again. And I'll explain my reason uh, in a little bit here. But I picked it that. But since that March and till now, Noriega has picked up so much steam, so much momentum. And really, we posted on Two White Lights. Noriega's posted on his page as well. I'm going to say this. This is my hot take of the episode. If there was a confirmed row combo rack being used at Raw Nationals, I would change my pick. I would say Sean Noriega is going to win because I think he could sandbag his squats, put something together so stupid on bench press that he can go way above 500, probably about 505, 510 range, and he has that pull, which I definitely think is better than Russ's. Yeah. I mean, I think I've said this multiple times. I think 850 kilos is that magic mark. Yes. I, th I think that's the magic mark. Whoever kind of goes past that's going to win it. And I, I, 
I don't know if both, I think, because 1873 is 852.5 kilos, or if, if we do the numbers and everything, it's like 850 to 852.5. I mean, that's where I have Russ, that's where you put Sean, and that's with them assuming they're going nine for nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the magic mark of who gets there and who makes the most lifts. I think we can assume a couple things. Russ is probably going to get a chance to chip squat. The only issue is with Jamar on how the chips kind of play out, but I'm going to assume Russ is going to chip a squat. Um, I'm going to assume Sean is going to chip a bench. And so both of them are going to have chips. So that kind of offsets each other and it comes down to the pole. Um, I followed Russ for a long time now, just as a fan. I followed him since he was doing a local meet before he ever did his first nationals before he had Joey. He's always led in the meets doing some crazy things. Yeah. He kind of hasn't this time. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean I expect him to come in and not have a good meet. It's just like, it's been a bit of a weird prep for Russ. And I very much assume there's two reasons why is one, the dude has a lot going on. Like I, I wouldn't blame him. The dude's about to open a gym. He's got a, uh, GBT company that is blowing up. He's got a lot going on, but as well as, I mean, like he said on his last video, this isn't like not public. I think he's at like, 2200 calories right now he's been cutting a ton of weight Mm -hmm. he's not exactly eating into the meat so like if we're looking at his numbers if we're going back to that mock meat he did he hit 722 441 and 744 going into that meat his training seemingly was going really well but obviously there's two big there's three big caveats there's one he didn't cut for it yeah two very openly discussed more so even with joey the pauses on bench were not pauses on bench and then he dropped the third deadlift. Yeah. So with that and taking his training now, I think the best numbers he's been hitting, um, he uh, he squatted 661 for four last week, and that went pretty well. But on his single day, he kind of briefly posted it in his YouTube video. He hit kind of – it was kind of a tough 683 for a single last mm-hmm. week. Um, on bench, he hit 429. It was an okay pause and it was decently tough. That's where I think he, like, that's about where I think he is. I'll kind of say the numbers in a second of what we've got here. And then on deadlift, he hit that 639 by four, but we really haven't seen any singles from him. Um, from that, I mean, I'm going to expect him to come. I mean, he's the champion. I don't expect him to come in and have a bad beat. If, I, if I'm going numbers that I think are very doable based off of his training, and like I said, we just we kind of haven't seen the same numbers from him or the same training output um, of kind of what he usually did, I think 716 on squat would be very doable with this cut. He hit 722, um, I think 716 to nationals depth with making weight is very doable. I think that like 429 to 435 bench is doable, and then 722 on deadlift. He's obviously deadlifted more per se. I mean, just one thing though is he hasn't held on to more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. And I think deadlift is going to be the big kicker for him. Um, And for, for comparing these two lifters for me, it's, it just comes down to, to execution. And I said in the past, Noriega has really dialed in his meet day execution uh, and I think that's no longer a thing that he's known for. I think in powerlifting, he was the guy who couldn't perform at big meets. I think he's put together two meets that has kind of disproved that, especially because one was with the national judges, um, other was with not national judges, and he killed it at both. 
went eight for nine, hit those numbers, uh, very similar to what he hit in the gym. But the way Sean lifts, this is really the big thing as far as me deciding it between the two, is the way Sean lifts. Every single lift, there's always a question mark. Squat, bench, and deadlift. Squat, super wide, sometimes doesn't hit depth. Depth can be a problem for him. Or it's so technical, one thing goes wrong, he's not able to muscle up the weight. So that's squat. Bench press. Best bencher at Raw Nationals by far. He's going to have the most weight being loaded on the bar, but what we saw at Texas Strength Classic, the touch. The touch it can be a problem. There was a soft touch there, and they're using the ER rack, which he's explained that he does not like the ER rack. That's why I say with the row combo rack, he wins this. Deadlift, he's, this is the lift he's gotten so much better at, and I'm actually more confident ever in his deadlift, but super wide, hook grip lifter, very explosive, very technically sound. One thing goes wrong, he misses a lift. Russ doesn't necessarily have that, unless you count squat depth, which I think is the easiest change, though. I think he has two, which is why this is interesting. He has squat depth, and he has grip on deadlift. But I think he could choose something from deadlift that's doable. You know what I mean? Like, I'm confident to a certain weight. that, Like, I'm confident he can nail 722 to 727. If it goes above that, that's when I'm not confident of his grip-holding abilities. You know, like, with, with Noriega, if he misses second deadlift, I would not be surprised. Because that's how he lifts. It's so technically sound and so technically... It, it's so reliant on his technical skill that I think occasionally that could um, lead to some missed attempts. Like, I'm confident... Uh, aside, I, I'm more confident with squat depth this meet, though, from Russ. I was If you did this preview show in 2019, I would be like, he's got to get lower. Uh, now it's borderline, which is where he's always at. Like, he was sky high going into yes. Raw Nationals 2019. It did, I mean, the, the one thing that Russ, I mean, all of them are going to have, judges most likely, if they follow Sean at all, are going to be looking out for his bench and the touch. And judges most likely are going to be doing an extra eye for Russ's depth. Um, if you go look back at when Russ competed at IPF World, which is his best meet, his depth was noticeable, dif- noticeably different. Yep. I don't know if you've watched that. Oh, yeah. It, it it was, was he was sinking it. He was the lowest I've ever seen. Because he still yeah. had the reputation of being a high squatter to that meet, and he just sunk his squats. Yes, that was unbelievably different. So, yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with you. I, I will say I don't think Sean's squat depth is going to be an issue um, for two reasons. One, he, he kind of has that kind of high side front angle in training, so it doesn't show a good view. Um, I can tell you as his coach, his depth is pretty darn good nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and come meet day, like when we were at Texas Strength Systems, he got nine white lights from all three judges. It was not that much of an issue. For sure, the bench floating is always going to be tough because you were right. Like Russ is more of like a brute strength lifter. Sean is more of a technical lifter. And that's always something that I, I can't deny that that is always something where on meat day, there is more things that can go wrong with a technical lifter than a brute strength lifter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, I mean, on subtotal, it's going to be close because Russ, no doubt is going to out squat Sean. And then Sean's no doubt going to out bench Russ it's how close is that? I, I think we both probably also agree Sean's going to out deadlift Russ or has the ability to out deadlift Russ. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. That's something I'm the most confident is he's going to put a. I because I, that's I'm, I'm very confident with his deadlift. I put him at 750. I think that's perfect number for him. I think he is 
more than capable of hitting that. So it's going to see how much is how much subtotal difference if there is a difference, and then how much does Sean have to out deadlift Russ to win? Because yeah. I think there, there's likely it's likely that Russ might come out on subtotal ahead a little bit. Well, this is something I want to ask you: is who's better off missing a lift, Sean or Russ? In your opinion, from, from before deadlifts, I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm probably going to be biased to this whole argument, but like, only one of them can load up whatever they want and deadlift have a, have a possible chance to pull it. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. I I don't like. Unfortunately, Russ's deadlift hasn't gone well. He said something in his last video. He said apparently he's been using a full grip lately, and now he's switching back to fingertip. So. Full grip had issues with holding on the grip with his fingertip grip. And he actually, if you watch that 639 for four deadlift, he actually was losing grip and looked down at his hands on that fourth rep. So we know that's still going to be there. I mean, I think you'd even say this, this is not even be unbiased. If we're going to pick one of them just to load up the bar and pull for the win and yeah. be able to put whatever they need on there, it's going to be Sean. And the one thing I can guarantee, no matter what happens, this is going to be the meet Sean's going to have a chance to pull for the win. Whether that's something that's going to be outrageous or something that he's actually going to have a really easy shot at doing. Because if he goes like 8 for 8 and Russ missed some lifts, or the opposite, Sean missed some lifts and Russ goes 8 for 8 and he's got a big lift. Sean's going to put on the bar what he needs. I don't know if Russ can necessarily put on the bar what he needs and be able to pull it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 all right. So that, that makes sense to me. But I, I think with just a disparity in the squat, that's kind of where I'm looking at. Disparity in squat, if Russ goes... Three for three, and Nori goes two for three. Then it's even more difficult to kind of overtake Russ there, and that's that's why that's why I think if Russ misses some lifts, he's a little bit better off um, because of just the disparity between squats. But the deadlift, the deadlift though, I mean, you're saying like what he needs to load on the bar to win, but there is a there is the threshold, right? Like that I have. There's a threshold for me that I have for Noriega. I think. 750 and two and a half kilos above, that's Nori's threshold there. That's what I'm very confident in. Uh, you would obviously have more information on that than I do, but that's what I'm confident in him actually hitting a deadlift. If it's anything above that, it's like, okay, you could load it on the bar. I don't think you're going to do it. Yeah, you never know. I'm just saying, like, the never know, I think there's a better possibility of Sean doing that than Russ doing that right now. Because... Russ has if Russ doesn't hit all his squats and squat at least like seven sixteen, yeah, well, that's the, where I, that's if he doesn't hit that big squat, I don't I don't know if he can he can win. That's where I mean. That's where you're making the argument that you think Russ could miss a lift and still win. If, if Russ doesn't hit like seven sixteen, I don't know if he can make up the ground because then he's constantly chasing every lift with Sean. Yeah, that's going to come down to wise attempt selection. What's going to be the second attempt? The second attempt is going to be really big there. Uh, when you look at that, so, all right, well, looks like I have Russ definitely still winning, I'm going to stick by that, I will say it's substantially closer than what I had with him before, um, I think uh, the powerlifting world right now is getting behind uh, Noriega, Johnny Candido included, the hashtag beat Russ is kind of trending a little bit there, so, uh, in powerlifting world, uh, so a lot of people are in Sean's corner, and I and I do think, just my personal opinion, because this has been this, what the same story since 2017 of yeah. Noriega Russ, who's gonna win? 
2019, there was some clamoring going on that Nori could possibly beat Russ. I was not confident Noriega beating Russ that year. 2018? Or 2019. 2019. That was no, the only bone No. 19 was when Sean really wasn't, he was coming in hurt. 18 is Sodium Gate. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, well, yeah, 2000, but I, I'm, I'm still referring to 2019 because there was some of it, and I was just kind of disregarding all of it, saying, like, I don't think there's any way Russ is going to lose 2019 Raw Nationals. 2018 was a different story. Yes, you're right. Um, I was not, I was not in the USAPL. I didn't really have that much of a care about it or care for it, but this year, 2021, I, I am actually a believer that this can happen. I, I do believe that this is his best chance of beating Russ. Um, and he can do it. His execution looks great. I just still, th- I, I had to stick by my guns and pick Russ here. Based on the, based on, based on the uh, rationale I gave earlier. Execution, I mean, execution, way people lift is big for me. Yeah, I get it. I mean, Russ is the champ. And if, 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 you're looking at the same total, and they're both projected to do the same thing. I can get someone choosing Russ. I can get that. Yeah. So um, I just—I mean, obviously, for for multiple reasons, I just think this is Sean's year. And I, I know there is nothing Sean is doing but prepping for this meet. That is all he cares about. Yeah, that's well, all he's. Doing. It's also interesting to hear some of the fans' perspective because we had the hot takes uh, last week, and people were messaging like, "I believe Russ is going to have the meet of his lifetime." And he's going to, you know, nuke the entire competition. And just looking at his training, I'm like, I don't see any meat of a lifetime type meats from Russ. I think it's going to be an improved meat. Like, improved meat for him is going off of his 828 to 833 range total. That's, like, it's, it's a little easier to have this massive total if you're already the best in the world, which he currently is. But I just don't see this meat where he's going to break you know, the good lift point record or, you know, best best overall lifter at this meet just based on how his training is going. Well, I mean, the thing, I mean, this will literally, I mean, again, going back to I followed Russ for a long time. He's typically, whatever his best single in prep is and whatever his best deadlift in prep is, he does about five to seven and a half kilos less in a meet. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he's usually squatting way over what he's doing now. Mm-hmm. Like his best squat and meat prep so far has been 683, and his best deadlift was a 700 like two months back. Yeah, I don't know. It'll well. be interesting. I'm not, I, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I, 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 I'm going in fully expecting Russ to show up and show something he hasn't been showing in training, but it's just been a little odd. It hasn't been the same. This is not even because I coach Sean, it just hasn't been the same Russ in training leading into this meet. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I like Instagram is always weird. Social media stuff is always weird. I know that's their only way to cover things, but yeah, it's always weird to me because I'm always at the, the side. I'm like, oh, they're just not showing us something. I do that with everyone. If if they're not posting on social media, I'm like, oh, they're not. They're not showing us that. They're 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 just keeping it secret because you know it's either a strategy you're trying to play out or they just simply don't want to post. Um, I have seen a few lifters do that as far as strategy goes. So that to me is like my hesitancy of trusting social media is because I have no idea what's going on in their training. So, all right, well, that leaves us at one and two. I have Russ and Nori. You have it flipped at Nori and Russ. And that leaves us to third place, which 
Might I say this is going to be the most competitive third place battle in at, at Raw Nationals. Would you yeah. disagree with me? I, I agree. I mean, we've got four amazing lifters and one Italian that are going to be going head-to-head for this third place. And like I said, if someone has a terrible meet, you yeah. you guys are going to be within range if, if for some reason either Sean or Russ just tanks. Someone might be in range. Now, I, I don't know if we want to go lifter by lifter or just cover you guys as a group, but I mean, basically the people we see that are going to be in this battle are Mr. Angelo Fortino, Eddie Taylor, who is fairly unknown, Delaney Wallace, John Gruden, who we really know nothing about since he never posts on social media, and then Jamal Royster. Uh, We've got Jimmy Villanueva. I think he's a little bit – he could sneak in and jump one of you five, but I don't think he's sneaking in and getting third. Um, I don't know if he, he doesn't post a lot on social media. So it's just really hard to predict that he's going to be jumping Mm -hmm. into that third place spot. I I just don't see anything particularly in his training that says that I I think possibly he could be hitting that like 800 kilo range, but that 800 kilo range may not get fifth. Yeah, exactly. I, I, uh, we're coached by the same, uh, gentleman, Joe Stanek of Joe game day barbell. And yeah, with Jimmy Villanueva, again, he doesn't post a lot on social media. He's not as, you know, religious of posting things as I am, really, and Jamar, because Delaney and Ed aren't necessarily social media guys either. But I think that's the goal. I could be wrong. If they want to correct me, that's totally fine. I think the goal is to total 800 or above, a little bit above. So if he even totals 805, which will be a, a huge, I mean, it'll be the same progress I made from my last meet to the most current meet. Um... That would be great progress, but an 805 total I don't think is taking third at Raw Nationals. Um, It's a terrific total. It's an incredible improvement on what he's done in the past, which he has been a perennial top 10 lifter for a while. But yeah, I would agree with you. I don't know if he's going to sneak into that third range because I think that third range is probably going to be around 815 to 825. I know it's a little bit of a big range with kilos, but that's what I see because there is some volatility with these lifters uh, going in and based on what they can hit at a meet. Yeah. So let's go through them. We got Angelo. I did yours because kind of like me doing Sean's, you have an idea and you don't want to fully give away your numbers. Yeah. You hit what? 628, 374, 760 at your last? Yeah. I, I see. Obviously your training's still going really well. Mm-hmm. If I was to say of all of you that we know about, because the, Again, we're going to get to John Gruden in a second. We just don't know. Between you, Eddie, Delaney, and Jamar, you are getting stronger into the meat, more so than I think they are. I think actually some of them are having to pull back a bit from weight cuts, and we'll talk about that. You are gaining momentum into the meat. Uh, I see no reason why you aren't going to add at least five kilos to squat, if not maybe a tiny bit more. I, I got you at 639. You sit 628. I see very much 639 in the picture. Um, I know going off of Joe Stanek, he's going to want you to hit three squats and leave a little bit in the tank probably. So that's why I, I think maybe you have more than that, but I think most likely mm-hmm. probably 639. Um, bench is going okay. Um, I know you guys have tried some different things. I don't know if we see anything necessarily that says there's going to be some massive jump. So if you chip it by two and a half kilos, it's going to set you up really well. And then you're probably going to put on the bar what you need, but I think no doubt you're going to have at least two and a half kilos more. So I got you at 766. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where, like I said, I think it's a bit different because I'm, if we're looking at Delaney, he kind of stopped posting a little bit. But here's the thing about this. So what I was going to say with me, which is this is a nightmare situation for me describing my own training and trying to talk myself into a ranking. But, yeah, what you see from me is exactly what you get because I post all my lifts on Instagram. Every single lift that you see that's my main movement for the day, possibly some back offsets, that's what I do. That's for me because it's a training log. That's how I keep track with how my progress is doing, and I'd use it as reference. So what you guys see on Instagram from me is typically what you get on weekday. Um, Delaney, in the past, has done this every single meet. Raw Nationals, he balled out in 2019. He was out of the top 10, jumped his way into 6th. No one really knew who he was going into the meet because he's not a social media type of guy. Same thing with the Arnold. I remember the Arnold, uh, Johnny Candido messaging me about who, uh, Jamar Royster being on his island in 83, but the rest of us could be battling for second, and it'll be really interesting to see who would get second. Well, Delaney wasn't posting a lot on social media, and he got first at the Arnold by a large amount. He beat me by 15 kilos. So he's a guy who doesn't post on social media, and I actually think when he doesn't post on social media, that's a good sign because he just flat out doesn't do it. I, he's on two I liked before. I think it's a strategy to him. He's a big competitor. He's a fierce competitor as well. So, yeah, I, do, I, I wouldn't take any stock into him not posting on social media. Yeah, I see you going back to the Arnold. He posted on January 29th, and then he didn't post again until the Arnold meet. So he any, went, any that was he, yeah, that was he his breakout. Well it should have been his breakout performance. He didn't really still get that credit that he deserved, yeah. but he totaled 790 at that meet, which was any. It wasn't like he's not one of those guys either who doesn't execute on meet day. He executes on meet day. He goes nine for nine. He is a very good meet day lifter, uh, even with a weight cut. He is still very good at it. So. He he to me is one of the 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 strongest competitors in this eighty three who could possibly get third and then possibly break into that two range. Yeah, I mean I think we talked. I mean when we did the March Madness, I picked him for my favorite to get third. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's debatable now. It's just that like it's it's tough, and I, I agree with you. Maybe he's just I I do know I believe he has to cut a little bit of weight. You don't have to cut weight. Jamar has to cut some weight too. That's where I just didn't know. Obviously, Delaney was posting. He's probably posting more training than usual, especially on his stories, because we saw some big lifts. I mean, what we've seen, we saw a bench PR at 441 with a decent pause. That was that was probably about a max. We saw a 705 deadlift from Delaney, um, and it was pretty easy. Like he definitely had he had more in the he, tank. He has he has a little problem with lockout. That's something so. that I see grip. He says is an issue. I think it's more of just he's so explosive off the floor and he has a big stall midway through. So that's going to be the issue for him. Yeah. And he's posted some squat. He hit a uh, decently tough 650 back in February, but I think more recently hit 606 for five, like easy. So I fully expect him to be hitting PRs. Mm-hmm. He squatted 644. He's benched 418 and he's deadlifted 672. I personally have him just because we don't. We, I mean, maybe he's doing something crazy right now. We don't know about it. 
I have him at 655, 435, and 710. That puts him right at an 1800 total, and I think that's kind of right in that, like, what is that, 818? So, like, 817.5 to 820. I can see him going 820 for sure. Yeah. I think that is very, very doable um, if he hits all his lifts. As we get into more lifters, I mean, the debate there between you and the lady is the one thing that you're going to have is you're, no matter who it is, you're going to be able to pull for third if you want it. Yeah. You're, you're going you're gonna to be able to pull for third, and I don't think anyone, other than Jamar, I don't think anyone else is going to have a chip. You're going to get a chip on deads. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And, yeah, Delaney, Delaney is one of the strongest competitors here as far as, you know, who's going to jump into that three the two to three range. Because uh, I do agree, if Russ and Sean miss lifts, I think someone can jump in there. Uh, the the other guy who totaled 790, which has flown so far under the radar, is Eddie Taylor. And, you know, I don't know if he's going to listen to this. He, to me, like, if you look at his meet history, and actually it's Ed Taylor. I don't think, I think he messaged me that. Well, he doesn't like when, when people call him Eddie. He's like, I have not been called Eddie in a very, very long time. So Ed Taylor, um, if you look at his meet history, it's, 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 it's strange. The, the the attempt selections, the numbers that he hit, don't make sense to me. But it's just more crazy that he totaled seven ninety because of that. Like the dude is just ridiculously strong. Um, I, I wonder what the strategy is going to go in from him uh, at this meet. Uh, I know if you guys are following him on Instagram, he's hitting some big numbers, uh, pretty high on his squat, in my opinion, on his last seven hundred post. That was noticeably high. I think that's going to knock him down, especially. And he does—he's a guy who doesn't take a big weight cut, but I think squat depth to me is very important to an extent. If you are noticeably high and you have to sink lower, when you sink lower, that's when the weight just kind of crushes you. When you're borderline, I will kind of take that and say you're going to hit something close to that on meet day. So when you're noticeably high, I kind of you know, drop you a little bit on, um, on, on your projections there, but just based on how just frequently strong this guy is and being the other guy who told 790, he's definitely in consideration for a third, but also Jamar Royster, which for me, I am very confident with Jamar Royster going into this meet more so than ever. Uh, I was a little bit worried about him after the Arnold. That was not a great meet for him. He underperformed. Uh, looked like the weight cut got to him, but it seemed like he needed a little bit new, a little bit new coaching, uh, a new strategy going forward. I think Marcellus and him have been a fantastic duo, and I see a lot of improvements from him on, you know, obviously his squat as far as execution goes, but his deadlift looks great too. Has a, the same problem as Delaney, but with that lockout, but his deadlift looks very very good as it has in the past like i'm actually pretty confident his deadlift and his bench is doesn't really post a whole lot of bench but he has a he has a plus 400 bench he's gonna he's gonna bench probably over 400 pretty easily yeah and that's that's the question mark there is how does his squat translate to meet day because it hasn't translated super well in the past i think it's going to be better i i I don't know enough info, but he obviously hit that. What was like seven sixty? That massive yeah. squat he hit that was all that got all over. The seven sixteen he hit recently 
wasn't that much easier than the 760. Yeah. So I assume my assumption was the weight cut has started and something happened to get he, him a little he bit looks more noticeably, He looks noticeably leaner, too. So, But the good thing is, is maybe that's actually going to translate because he's not going to cut as much. He's a bit closer to his weight, so what he's doing in the gym is actually going to be what he does on the platform. So because of that, I mean, he hit 716 in the gym, and he, he had a little more in the tank. He probably had like 722 to 728, I think. I, I, I reasonably think he can hit that. I think he can go 716. And that's going to be a storyline is obviously he's going to be battling for third, but like, I wonder how much him and Russ battling for that squat chip might affect things. Yeah. And I mean, who's going to have the highest squat in 83 and also he's going to be the first 83 to squat 700. That could influence. I I, I think that Russ and Joey probably about, I almost say they want, they're going to want a squat chip for the point of the chip. But I wonder how much they're going to care about battling Jamar, so that doesn't get. I I think they're 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 obviously both smart guys. I don't think they're going to let that get in their way of like trying to beat Jamar's squat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 there. That's going to be interesting. So I've got him at seven sixteen. Like we've kind of talked about, like he hasn't posted much about his bench. Um, we haven't seen. I, I haven't seen anything. I, I've sir. I I watch his YouTube channel occasionally, um, and I just I can't remember anything that would be notable to say like. He's gonna have a lot bigger bench, so probably around. I, I've got around four hundred two to four hundred seven, um, just because I don't. I, I haven't seen anything that would make me say, okay, we definitely need to up that deadlift. Though is probably where we see the biggest increase. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the the odd thing about his deadlift is it looks really easy until it's not. Yeah, because it's just bit, it's just lockout. A little bit soft shoulders on lockout at times, where it just can't get that, where he can't get those hips fully locked out. Um, but it looks much better. Like I, I, I see him actually getting, I, I actually do see him getting, you know, close to 700 at the meet, which will be a massive improvement from his previous meets. So the big thing for him, for me, that's kind of changing me is the fact that he's under Marcellus now. I think that's oh, yeah. been I mean, a I... very, very good change for him. Um, I think, I, I think this is t- taking his training up to new heights. Yeah. I mean, I, we're gonna. We got one more person to mainly talk about. Like as we're talking this, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I could go back. I could. I could make an argument for every single one of these people to get third. Yeah. Because there's there's going to be so many unknowns. Because a lot of you haven't competed in a while. Um, you're the most recent, so we have the recency bias. But obviously, Delaney hasn't competed, and the one that really hasn't competed that is by far the biggest unknown that. He could come in and be a non-factor, or he could come in and wipe the floor and possibly battle Sean and Russ, and that's John Gruden. <laughs> yeah, with the wild wild card Gruden here. Uh, yeah, from what I've heard through the grapevine, coming from Joey, John's training's going well. He hit the only things we've got. It was from last year. He hit a six seventy five squat. He hit a four forty four fifty five bench. And then a 675 conventional deadlift. It looked like he switched to conventional because I wonder if sumo, I think he was having adductor issues and that's kind of the reoccurring injury he had. I wonder if they switched to conventional and that's been better. I mean, we don't know where he's at. He could come in here and go squat 700, deadlift 700, and bench 475, and then literally be battling Russ and Sean. And we have no idea. Yeah, the disparity. literally be a thing. The disparity between. Something I thought about. Yeah, the, the disparity between his potential numbers from. You know, one to two to seven to eight. Like, really, it is more possible than any of us. And I, yeah, again, we're we're going, we're complete. He's a obviously great competitor. It's not like he's this guy that no one knows. He's a junior world well, champion. 
Um, he had he's done this before. He, if you guys don't know, he's a strength and conditioning coach for the Las Vegas Raiders, son of legendary head coach John Gruden. So he has. That's why we don't see anything. That's why we don't see anything from him because he has a awesome job and a very busy life in the NFL, and the NFL doesn't sleep. So you don't get really a whole lot of time off. So I don't know. I don't know what's what's in. I, I mean, I don't know his weight. I don't know what numbers he's hitting. I don't know, like, if there's any projected meat totals coming from him. No clue. He doesn't post on Instagram. And really, even when he did that meet in 2019, I didn't even know he was doing that one. I remember the day that he did it because it was while I was recording Two White Lights. And I'm like, oh, John Gruden just competed again. And he looks like he's second or third place in the USAPL already. Again. And it was it was after another long layoff from 2018. So... I don't know. I don't know uh, what's going to happen with Gruden. I'm very excited to see. Very excited to see that. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I've, I've kind of looked at is it looks like typically his training numbers are a bit higher than meat numbers. Mm-hmm. So the only thing we can go off of is that 675, 455, and 675. So I've got him at 665, 450, and 675, which puts him – Right smack dab in the middle of all of you guys around that six seventeen ninety to eighteen hundred total. It's just that like if there was one person that could from this group could just have the biggest breakout party and shocker of the entire meet of any way. It could be John. It could be Deuce John or Deuce Gruden. He goes by Deuce because his dad's John. It could be Deuce Gruden. I mean, it, it, I keep running through my mind as a coach and going to handle Sean of like. What's Deuce going to do? How much am I going to have to worry about Deuce? Yeah, that's, Is he going to show up and open at 660? If this weight class wasn't going to get any more fun, now we have this added variable of a, like, of a lifter that we, we know has the potential to be amazing, but we have no idea what's going to happen with as far as his like, list goes. I mean, if he could be a power lifter and wasn't doing something way cooler than any of us are doing by being the strength conditioning coach for the, the Raiders... I would bet he's the best 83 kilo lifter in the world. Yeah, very, very possible. Very possible if he like, dedicated his entire time to that. I mean, even if it was something relatively similar, like even just being a college strength, like the NFL is just a different animal. That's, that's yeah. what people don't understand. They're like, what? He's a I have had this conversation before. He's like, he's a strength and conditioning coach. How does he have time? It's the NFL. The NFL dictates your life. It's 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 a nonstop. It's a nonstop grind. So, yeah, again, that is going to add a, a another element of fun to the stack weight class that we've been talking about for a very long time. So I think we got to cut it here. But we got to get our third picks in. So I'm going to let you go. Who do you think is going to get third? Uh, keep in mind that I'm looking right at you with very sad eyes if you don't pick me. I don't know. I actually went into this figuring I was going to pick you for third. Good goodness, I don't know. Who are okay? All right, I'm putting it down. I'm going Angelo Fortino. Maybe it's maybe it's a little bit biased, but it also falls in line with what I say. Is I if, if it's a tiebreaker, I'm going to go with the person who I think is the most likely to go nine for nine and have the last pull to determine it. Angelo Fortino in the books. It would not shock me at all if you somehow got seventh though and had the meat of your life. Yeah, you could ha- you could you could go eight fifteen and you might get seventh. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and that could be now the new seventh best total because you know that's that's John Hack's total was eight thirteen, and yeah. you know we're we're talking about breaking John Hack's total that he said in two thousand sixteen by the way. But 
Um, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, it, potentially that could be seventh for this one. I cannot pick myself. Um, I'm going to sound like a total pussy by picking someone else, but I don't care because I just can't do it. I can't bring myself to say that I'm going to be third or second at a meet. So I am going to pick Delaney Wallace as my third. My goal is to beat all of them, but I have to pick Delaney Wallace if I can't pick myself. And I'm just going to make that rule for myself that I'm taking myself out of the equation if I'm making any sort of pick and doing any sort of analysis. the tiebreaker and I lose by one (laughs) in the totals because I picked you, I'm saying that that doesn't count. (laughs) All right, you already got that built-in excuse. Yes, built an excuse. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for the 83s. We talked about it for a long time and for a good reason. There's a lot of action at that weight class. Um, yeah, I th- a lot, and a lot of people are discussing that, that being one of the more highly anticipated weight classes to watch in person. But now on to 63-kilo women. Um, as far as the amount of competitors, not very many. Uh, and with the lead here... Uh, Samantha Calhoun is one of the best lifters in the world, one of the best female lifters in the world. I think this is her weight class. Yeah, and her training's going well. She's hitting PRs that she's, she hit 480, like, I'm used deadlift, 485 deadlift was a PR two weeks ago in the gym, and she's hit 507 in the meet, I believe, or 502. She now hit 495, so she's now, I believe, PR'd by 20 pounds over her best gym lift. So mm-hmm. her training is going amazing, and she was already the heavy favorite. Um, I, I, I've even got her not improving much on squat because it looked like there were some struggles on squat. May, I, may, I might be wrong on that, but just conservatively, I have her squatting the same at 396. I have her chipping her bench at 247. His bench seemed to be going decent, but she hadn't really posted anything that like a, a, a single that would tell me anything. Um, and then deadlift, obviously, like I said, she's hitting gym PRs well above what she's done. So I, I see no reason why she can't go 507 to 513. That puts her at 1156. And I think if she does that, that's pretty much out of reach. And if there's something we know about Sam Calhoun, too, is she's going eight for nine or nine for nine. Yeah. Like she's not doing any less than that. Yeah, she was on Yeah, she was on two white lights. We talked about it. That's always her goal in the meet. Uh, she's got Matt Gary uh, in her corner, which is pretty much perfect with meet, uh, with uh, attempt selection. So, yeah, she's one of the best executioners uh, in powerlifting, male or female, all weight classes. I think, yeah, and again, looking at the numbers, I think he just has to chip all of her numbers and she has a she wins nationals. Um and I think that's always her goal is just to improve upon the total, go nine for nine, walk away with it, and then potentially look for other things as far as world competitions go. Where that's where the sixty-three kilos I think gets really interesting is in the international, uh, in the international circuit is with her Corolla uh, and uh, Leah Bavois or Lia Bavois. I've been pronouncing her name incorrect for a long time. It's Lia Bavois, but yeah, that's where I think it gets interesting. But you know what, this weight class, the 63 kilos, you know, looking at the competitors that we have highlighted here who could possibly break into the top three, we have a couple of legends in here. We have Jennifer Milliken, uh, Jen Thompson, who's going to be competing there again. People are really excited to see her compete. Then you have Cameron Brown, Amanda Allen, and uh, Solana Lewis. And you know what, I think if you're asking me, uh, you know, a, a decent amount of time ago, maybe about three or four months, uh, Cameron... I think could have definitely broke into the third, but it seems like he's battling some injuries right now. 
Yeah, she's got a hip injury, and I didn't know how bad it was until I think a day or two ago when she had posted that she hasn't been deadlifting, and I think she was deadlifting like a red. Yeah, and that was the first time that was her first time deadlifting in a month. So, unfor- I think she's probably just going to put something on the bar and try and pull it at Nats. But unfortunately, I, I'm not sure she's coming in at 100 percent for sure. Not 100 percent. I'm not sure what she can do. So. For me, it's looking like that pretty much because I, I thought Cameron Brown was going to be the heir apparent to kind of move into that podium spot. But it, it's looking like that second place and third is going to be between Jennifer Milliken and Jennifer Thompson, which yeah. are two legends. And that's going to be a fun battle. Yeah, now, now between those two, with Jen Thompson and, um, and uh, Jennifer Milliken, who do you have coming out of top there? Because based on your projected totals, very close and, you know, Season competitors mistakes don't really happen too often with these two. Uh, this one, yeah. As far as this Sam Calhoun being both of our favorites, who do you have uh, at two then? That's tough. So Jennifer Milliken hasn't competed at this weight class since nationals in 2019. She competed at the Arnold, but she I don't think she tried to cut weight. Um, Jen just had that hip surgery. She came back in December, did a meet, and actually did pretty darn good. But if you've watched any of Jen's lifts, they're kind of it's kind of a little bit weird. She she kind of struck like everything looks hard because she just is really slow at lockout with squat and deadlift. It's kind of it's kind of weird. It's because of the hip issue. I'm looking at Jen's best meet and Jennifer's best meet, and they're pretty darn near the same. I think they both hit around like 1084. Based off of training, it looks like Jen's training is going decently well. It looks like Jennifer's training is going decently well, but neither of them post a ton on deadlifts. And we have, I haven't really seen Jennifer doesn't really even post much on like the numbers she's doing. So honestly, it's just a bit tough. I've got Jennifer just eking out Jen Thompson. Mm-hmm. I literally, if, if someone picked against that, I, I've honestly almost thought about going the opposite just because Jen is the king or queen of meat day competition. I mean, she went, I don't know how many years without losing a meet because she just executes on meet day. But just looking at Jen's num- Jennifer Milliken's numbers, I just think she might have Jen Thompson's edge a little bit. And I just don't know fully how Jen's going to be doing with that hip issue. Yeah, that's going to be that's gonna be the, the toughest thing as far as close lifters go. And especially because, you know, Jen Thompson has been doing this for such a long time, obviously, the I mean, because she's been doing, I mean, she's been competing forever. Like, really, like, as far as you think he's been competing, he probably has been, and he's been kicking ass since. Um, yeah, I think, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna disagree with the Oracle. I'm going to have her second because of that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I, I literally thought about changing it, but I'm, I'm going to stick with it, partially because you're going the opposite and have some fun here. Because, I mean, I could, I could very well see Jen Thompson, because she tends to, she tends to, Jennifer Milliken is good on meet day, but I, I think she has tended to miss a couple more lifts than Jen does, where Jen is very consistently going nine for nine. Yeah, you, I, I mean, how think, many national championships does she have under her belt? Jennifer Milliken? Then Jen Thompson. I don't know how many. Would, a, a lot. A lot of them. So I you don't Jen, get that many Jennifer, national championships without I think Jennifer being Milliken has two or three. I, I just think Jennifer Milliken's going in without any injuries, with good tra- seemingly good training over the last year or so since the Arnold. Based on some numbers she had put out, it looks like she was thinking about a pretty big squat. 
So I just felt like Jen had a little bit more top-end strength. It wouldn't surprise me if Jen Thompson wins based off of made lifts and execution. I just thought Jennifer Milliken had a little bit more top-end strength if they both have a perfect day. So um, the one other one I'll throw out there, uh, I don't think necessarily anyone else is going to be vying for podium. Um, but Solana Lewis has made some really big strides in her training. She looks like if Cameron Brown's going to come in with an injury and not be able to perform up to capacity, Solana Lewis looks like she very well could hop into fourth place. Amanda yeah. Allen's a wild card too, because she just doesn't kind of post much on social media. So we don't really know, mm-hmm. but that fourth place is going to, it looks like Solana, Amanda and Cameron. And if I, if I had to put my money on it, I would say Solana Lewis, just for the fact that Cameron I just don't know if she's going to be able to deadlift very much. No, it doesn't seem that way. And it seemed like, just based on her posts on Instagram, that just, you know, competing in Raw Nationals is going to be the goal there. Um, yeah, and I do agree with you. Solana can't actually, I mean, I, we're saying this about Cameron, what happened in her uh, November meet at the Virginia Winter Wrecker, where she had that, where she had that, that great meet that kind of propelled her onto the scene in 63s. You know, this could be Solana's. This can be Solana's meet that propels her onto the scene of 63, and possibly that is going to be the heir apparent to the 63s with uh, Jen Milliken, Jen Thompson, and Samantha Calhoun is going to be that other lifter there. So there's definitely potential there for some really break, huge breakout performers. Uh, I think Cameron already had her breakout performance, and it could. I I would agree with you. My my uh, my curiosity is towards Solana, but also Amanda Allen as well. But yeah, we're looking very much forward to watching Solana compete. All right, and that is going to do it for our 63-kilo women. We have a little bit of a disagreement there. We're going to see how that ends out for the both of us when Raw Nationals takes place. And now we have the 93-kilo men. Very similar to the 83-kilo men. Incredibly, incredibly deep and incredibly competitive. The only difference is... I know there's a lot been said about Keiko being possibly challenged. I don't see it happening. I am a big Keiko stan. I am a big Keiko believer. He is one of my favorite lifters. I just, I mean, even with projected numbers, I just see him winning. Not not, not, not killing everyone, not murdering everyone, but going 9 for 9 and putting together a total that is going to win in Raw Nationals because... I think we should be talking about Jonathan Keiko in the same way we talk about uh, Taylor Atwood, Russ Orhe, Ashton Roscoe, Bryce Lewis. Like he's that he's that good, and possibly give him some time, much better. Yeah, I mean, I've got him winning. He's kind of odd. It's kind of hard to project him because he tend he he really does tend to hit bigger lifts in the meet than he does in training. That's why I love um, him. He. Uh, he hit 661 on squat in April. He had a 744 deadlift. Bench is always just being benched. It seems like his training is going well. So I have nothing to think that he's not going to add uh, at least two and a half to five kilos to every single lift and possibly challenge that 2,000 total mark. I will say a little insider info. I do have the same coach as Connor Borker. I don't know of any game plans or anything. All I know is that if Keiko slips – they are confident Connor could be within reach. Okay. I would say that's that's probably the same holds true for all the second place guys. I mean, I'm not saying this in a, where it's um uh, what's a, what's a big hmm, maybe, maybe like Daniela or Amanda. Well, yeah, maybe maybe I can bring up another hot take. I think Taylor Atwood 
can win the 74s by a bigger margin than Jonathan Keiko wins 80, 93. Huh? I think if you win. ask certain people, they will disagree with me, but I think Taylor Atwood should be more of a favorite to win his weight class than Jonathan Keiko because of the field here. The field here is ridiculous. You mentioned Connor Borkert, which he broke onto the power uh, power rankings and two white lights. More people are you know focusing on him. He, he, he actually, in a lot of ways, reminds me of Keiko because he's so disciplined with his training. He's so smart with everything. He looks, he makes everything look easy. He doesn't lift for the gram. He lifts for his coach. He lifts for his progress. Same thing with uh, Keiko, and that's why I really like these two competitors. So, you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. And then another guy, which, I mean, I, I guess I'm going into just my top three, not necessarily what are going into Raw Nationals, is Cameron Smith. Cameron yeah. Smith could possibly be in that conversation as well. I, I thought for I'll say I thought for sure I was probably gonna have him as third. But he stopped posting. Yeah. And again, he started, he's never been he a social media using, guy, he, but he started using kilo plates and he stopped posting. I don't know if that's a Delaney thing, like where maybe it's gaming and you're just not showing their cards. But he posted he posted a deadlift with kilos and it was noticeably harder because he pulled like 770 on pound plates. And then he pulled something like 700 on kilos, and it wasn't, like, super, super easy. It wasn't hard, but it wasn't super easy. So I I, I, I was pretty heavily thinking he was going to be battling for second or third, second, and for sure at minimum be third. But we've got – it's tough there. I, I've got him – I mean, I'll just say the names. we got Cameron Smith, Bob Matthews, Ellis McClain, Gavin Aiden, Chance Mitchell, Connor Borker. Literally any one of those I could see possibly – getting second or third. Yeah, and also they're just really good competitors. Where 83, there's some question marks of how these lifters can compete, uh, especially at a national level meet. I mean, you know Chance Mitchell is going to do the smart thing because Chance Mitchell is one of the most disciplined, hardworking lifters out there. So he's going to be good when it comes to meet day. Same thing with Ellis McLean. Ellis McLean has been there, done that several times, seven times over. So, again, he is going to be comfortable in this situation. Gavin Adin has a lot of confidence and based on all of his meets, you can use maybe the fact that he hasn't competed at Nationals to his disadvantage, but the way he competes is fantastic. The way he lifts is fantastic. So I'm not even going to use that against him. He can definitely be within the range of uh, top three. Um, Justin Rogers might be my biggest wild card because he is just a – we're talking about brute strength with Russ. He is the brute strength lifter. All of his lifts are just based on him being – strong just really really strong i'm not going to say he uses no technique but he could definitely use some work on his technique on all three lifts but even with that we have him at a a 1840 total and i think he's going to improve upon that yeah i i he's he is a crazy strong dude just based off of his list i don't think he has and like I'm looking at, I think most likely to get second and third, you're going to have to go over 1900. Yeah. Most likely to get second, you're going to have to go like 1930. I, I don't know if Justin Rogers has the top end to hit 1900. He has the ability if he can put together a nine for nine meet to sneak in and upset a couple of these guys. If, if, if these people that we're talking about possibly made 1900, if they slip a little bit, I think he's just a little bit on the outskirts. And part of that too is going to come for the fact that his, his, arguably his, his lift that he's not quite as proficient at is deadlift. And that's going to where a lot of it's going to come down to is you're going to have people like Chance, um, Cameron Smith, Bob Matthews, 
Oh, yeah, Connor, yeah, yeah we forgot to mention Bob. Yeah, Bob Matthews, too. A much more polished lifter under Marcellus. And getting stronger every week. Yeah. Every Which was like that before, but now it's, you know, more now so. Now it's under a better progression plan that is probably going to yield a bit better results. I mean, he's getting, he's hitting PRs, like, weekly. He's the one that's my wild card of, like, I, I probably wasn't going to put him top three until the last couple of weeks. I'm like, he might do it. That guy might pull 800. You know who's really came out? Yeah, I, I agree. Like, he... Uh, 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 like my two wild cards, or I guess, I mean, because Cameron Smith, he's a bit raw, and I think he needs more competitions under his belt to really kind of come on there. But, his, you know, his projected total or what we see what he could potentially do in the gym is right up there in second or third. And I can't ignore that. I really can't ignore that. But Bob Matthews, based, I mean, he was tied for the uh, biggest total for 93KG juniors at Raw Nationals. He's gotten better since 2019, so I'm very excited to see what he does. You know who's really came on, though, recently is Chance Mitchell. Yeah, his Chance looks awesome right now. He looks really, really good. And he's someone that I expect to go 9 for 9. Like, I don't don't expect him to slip on anything. He's going to hit his lifts. I've got him, I mean, I've got projected numbers based off of his last meet and then training now. 683 squat, 425 bench, and a 775 deadlift. I think he's going to pull something stupid because he pulled 771 in training, and he notoriously trains under a lot of fatigue. And when he pulls back, he get, he might have more than 775. I, I, he could go possibly 780 to 790 on deadlift if he needs it. So, again, he's right at that 1900 range. I I, I, I see the only people I've had that I really felt were going to go well over 1900 comfortably with Connor and Cameron with Cameron being the question mark. And then we've got, I've got Gadden Aiden at 745, 710 for an 1895 total. And I've got Bob Matthews at 700, 420 and 780 for a 1900 total. Again, these are just projections, but like they're all stacked right at 1900 and it's who's hits lifts. And if there was two people in this battle that I expect to hit their lifts, it's Connor and chance, not that Gavin LS Bob and Cameron won't hit lifts. It's just that Chance and Connor always go 8 for 9 or 9 for 9. Yeah, I agree. This one is very difficult. And I think we have a little bit better of a understanding of where people can – because we don't have like a John Gruden in the mix here where we have no idea what's going to happen. Or Delaney who doesn't post. Aside from if you – I mean, I guess Delaney could be – I don't know. I actually would disagree with that. Delaney wouldn't be equivalent to Cameron Smith because Delaney has, you know, great meats under his belt. So – yeah, I am. I'm. I'm struggling with this one, trying to pick my second and third. I, I'm. I'm. Th- I'm def- definitely putting Connor Borker def- within the top three. I just don't know within second or third. I think I got him. I've got Connor solidly in second. I, yeah. I think he's going to fairly easily hit nine for nine and go like nineteen thirty. And I think of the people that have the propensity or the ability to do that he is most likely to execute. I, I, I'm pretty darn confident in Connor going second. I'm not saying he could, he could get beat. He hundred percent could, but if I'm going to pick someone, he's the one that's not only got the highest projected total. He's also got the made lifts under his belt. And, and he's got a coach that has coached at very high level meets, even though obviously Cameron, um, Bob chance and uh, do as well. Um, I'm, I'm going Connor second. I'm, I'm a bit more muddied on who I would go third. Yeah, I would agree with you. I would have to put Connor Borker second. I mean, Cameron Smith, 
was really an attractive option for me going into this, but I think you still have to take into account their last meet, which was a while ago for Cameron Smith. It was in 2019, so a lot of progress since that, but I just haven't seen it. You know what? If Cameron's listening, dude, we have a week. Come out to search new levels. You're in Illinois. We can train, and maybe I'll make my uh, maybe I'll change my pick uh, for the sake of um, for the sake of just my uh, for my benefit. Uh, I'll still go with what the pick I make today, but you know that the, the what he was moving in the gym was incredible, and I was actually thinking that he could get second. Um, but that leaves us with third here, because I also have Connor Borker due to his training for one, but also the dude knows how to compete. His last meet was fantastic, and I think he is definitely in that second range, um, and I think he's a guy who can challenge Keiko for years to come. But for third now, that's when it gets a little bit sticky. I could see a lot of guys here for third, and I don't even see Connor Borker as like the runaway Second, either. I can see very similar to 83 is one of these guys maybe pushing for second. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's almost a question who's going to get third is probably who do we think is most likely to get second if Connor slips or could challenge Connor just by having a really good day. Yeah. For me, I, I think it's going to be between Cameron Smith, Bob Matthews, and Chance. Gavin Aiden looks fantastic. I, honestly, it could be him too. He just hit 705 in training. He deadlifted 694 pretty easy. I just don't know if he's been in a big meet yet to be able to, to kind of see how he performs within that. And looking at his top end, I'm not sure. Like if he has a perfect day, I could see 1900. I don't know if he has the ability to push to like 1930. I, I don't know. I honestly lean towards Cameron or Bob being the two that I could see pushing to 1930 as well. Yeah. I think those are the two most likely. It's so hard. I don't know. I'm, I'm Just because literally he seems like he's getting stronger every day, and I he's underweight, I'm pretty sure. So he's going to be able to eat into the meat. I'm going to go something that I didn't think I would have. I'm going to go Bob Matthews third. All right. I mean, I'm going to go SSJ Bob. You know, I don't, uh, I don't really, I, I can't really argue against that. I can't argue against you know picking Bob there, and that we and I mean that leaves you. I mean that still leaves you with Cameron Smith, Chance Mitchell, and Gavin Adin, and they look so good in training right now. That's gonna be really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, like we said, we we're picking these, we're making these picks, but like every single one of these people could possibly get second. Like this is just us making guesses based off of certain things. And literally for me, it's just because Connor's been there. He's done that. He's he's consistently hit lifts. Bob, for me, he actually has been pretty good on meet day, and now he's got a coach to back him up that I think is going to even elevate that. And just the fact that he's going to be able to eat into the meat and he's literally getting stronger weekly, I just think he's going to do something stupid. I think he's just going to do something absolutely insane that we wouldn't expect. All right, and you know what? I I'm going to take all right. I'm going to take Gavin as my third. Okay. Gavin, and, you know, uh, yeah, Chance Mitchell, uh, he can go into I like CMs and call me an idiot. I'm totally okay with that. He can go to my personal DM and call me an idiot. I'm t- totally okay with that. But, you know, when I look at their most recent meets, uh, Gavin had a beat on total just by a little bit there. But since then, I, I, think, I think Gavin has made the progress he needs to make. 
in order to get third. I think he's going to come into a prep. If Kans ends up getting third, I will not be surprised at all. And then on top of that, if Cameron Smith decides to ball out, he can get second or third too. I just the only and the only reason I'm not picking Cameron Smith right now is simply due to just the I don't know what he can do on the platform yet. He will plates and he usually trains on that fat pad. Yeah, and and it's just it's just not it, it's just not as not as deep as Kance and Gavin. And and Kance is deeper. I I will say that. Kance is a deeper, deeper competitor. Um I could definitely see him get this. Is, this one's really close. Yeah, I mean, I would Man. say I could put Chance at three. The one, the, the ball I'll say with Chance, I would be unbelievably confident that he's top five because he's not going to oh, no, slip. He's, yeah, and he's not going to slip and have the bad meet and fall to like seventh or eighth. He's going to be top five. He will be third if anyone slips. I just think Bob and maybe Cameron have a little bit higher top end if it's a perfect day. But chance is gonna have a probably a perfect day. It's just do those other guys go nine for nine? And I'm gonna I'm gonna that's why I'm picking. I I I, I think chance might get fourth. I'm picking Bob to be the one that has the potential and has the perfect day and puts it on the platform. That's just, that's just how I'm picking it. Yeah, I, like like you said, it wouldn't surprise me if any of these men could just break into the top three. I it wouldn't surprise me no matter what. Um, you know, I'm actually I'm watching something right now. I'm watching Gavin's last pull because I want to see something really quick. So Gavin struggles with grip. That's one thing that I have seen. He has talked to me about it too that he does struggle struggle with grip. I might have to change my pick here. Where are you going? I think I might go with Chance Mitchell. I, I can't. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with Chance. This is another thing. Like I'm going Bob, but Chance would be like close third because Chance Chance got the pull. We know he's going to put on the bar to get third. He's yeah, gonna he, do it. He, he, he has a pull, and you know his deadlifts have looked stellar recently. So that's gonna be fun. All right, yeah, I'm gonna change it. I apologize for changing it, Gavin. If you're listening, I'm sorry. I love you in the long run. I can't wait to see you compete. But I think I would, I would be, I, I, I don't know. I would hate myself if Chance got third on a final pull, and I probably saw it coming. And Chance just, or Bob are going to pull for the third place. One of those two are going to do it, and yeah. I like that we split that because one of them is going to pull for third and one of them is going to get it. All right. All right. Okay, so that does it for 93. There's, some, uh, there's again, a difference there on third with Chance Mitchell and Bob Matthews between me and Steve. Now to our 69-kilo women. The new weight class, The our, our first time talking about a new weight class. We have two new weight classes this year with 69-kilo and – uh, 76 kilo women and this one I still think people are unaware of Chandler Babb uh, she's been a great competitor for a long time just not the not the USAPL lifter you know like you have the people who are staples in the USAPL in this weight class you have Kristen Dunsmore uh, Ellen Liverpool has had her fair share of meets um, Precious Andrew as well she has her fair share of USAPL meets Taylor Babb has been really strong for a long time. I think in the USAPL just found a weight class where she could potentially dominate because right now I know we're we're going on. I mean, has a meet has a meet happened in sixty nine kilo or have all these? Mm-hmm. There, well, there's been meets this year, yes, yeah. but I don't think anyone here other than Jasmine Adrogo 
has competed in the new weight class. Everyone else competed last year. Yeah, so we're, we are going based off of we don't know what they're going to hit in this weight class because it does not exist. That it's, it's, a, it's a new weight class that really hasn't seen a national champion yet. But I have her as my, as my favorite right now. Uh, her lifts in the gym are ridiculous. She could – it looks like she has a pretty easy time with 500 pounds on her deadlift. I mean, she hit 500 by two on a deficit. She squatted 395 for a double. And she benched 245 and missed 250. So, like, if she squats 402, benches 242, and deadlifts 515, that's 1160. And that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. Now, I don't, she hasn't competed on this platform. She did say that she's been like IPL World. She's competed some bigger meets. I don't think at those meets, though, she may have been pushed by another competitor in the same way. She's competed at big meets, but I don't think she's had a Kristen Dunsmore prior national champion going side to side with her. But even with that, I'm still saying Chandler's going to take it. Cause I, I literally, I think she can miss some lifts and still win. I think she's got a pretty decent lead, even though Kristen Dunsmore is back and back in a big way and looking really good. Yes. Um, I think, I, I think the same exact thing. I think based on what I see from Chandler Babb, I, he, uh, hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, you know, talking out of my ass here. But her being a seasoned competitor, I don't care if she hasn't done Raw Nationals. I just don't, unless, like, her last competition was, like, APF Nationals or... And I'm not shitting on the Federation. I'm just saying with different equipment. Um, I don't think that really accounts into a lot because I think if you're a good lifter, you're a good lifter. And really the, the pressure or the judging really won't get to you. So yeah. I, I don't really take that into huge consideration. Granted, if I've only done one Raw Nationals, I could be totally wrong about this. Um, I've only done two national meets in the USAPL. So I could be wrong, whatever. But I just don't think that's that's something that should be even valued because she is, he's a competitive powerlifter. He's a very good competitive powerlifter. So, regardless not, of federation. I don't, I don't think it's an issue of like competing at nationals. It's... Attempt selection when you're actually truly battling someone. That's the difference. If, if she just goes and tries to hit some one-right maxes, though. If she does, she'll win. She'll pretty <laughs> she much she does, she, as long as she hits her lift, she'll win. I, I, I would say if Kristen Dunsmore was a little closer with her on that projected total or what the forecasted total is going to be, then maybe I could make an argument that Kristen Dunsmore will have the advantage over her because Kristen has been there, done that. She is improving right now. It's fantastic to see her progression. I have her as my number two, but I think it's 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 a scenario where Chandler has I, yeah I created be, quite a big lead. Two and three is going to be closer than one and two. Chandler looks like she's going to be the queen of this weight class, and she's progressing really well too. Like her numbers in training right now are noticeably better than her numbers going into her December meet. So I have her at eleven sixty, but I I honestly think that's that might be lowballing it if she has a really good meet and. Just to, I think I mentioned this in the March Madness. Kim Walford just hit 1173 in this weight class. Chandler Babb might beat that and beat the queen of female powerlifting in Kim Walford based off a total. So Chandler Babb is is severely underrated, and I think she's going to find she's going to get the attention she deserves at the nationals because I I think she's she's heavy favorite to win this class. I've got second and third between Kristen Dunsmore and Claire's Eye. I did it, Claire's Eye. 
I don't know if it's because of being able to bump up the weight class. It probably her lifts are looking good. Yeah. Really good. She just deadlifted 200 kg fairly easy. She squatted 385 at like a seven RPE and her best lift in a meets 363. And she benched 259 with a decent pause and her best bench is 237. I've got her right, like right at 1100 total. And I've got Kristen Dunsmore at 1115. So that's going to come down to made lifts. Um, that's going to be very interesting. I- I'm taking Kristen on that battle. For two reasons. One, because I think she has the higher top end strength. Um, Claire's been in some decent battles. I actually, interesting enough, when I was coaching Abby Poston, we were actually in a battle with Dive. Um, and Claire got us. Um, but Kristen's going to have Chad Wesley Smith in her corner. He's been in these battles before. Obviously, they pulled for the win back in 2018 to win 2018 Nats. I, I just really like the momentum Kristen has going into this. This is the perfect weight class for her because she was kind of in an odd zone. She wasn't really a 63. She wasn't really a 72. I, I think this is the perfect weight class for her. So I've got Kristen at second, Claire in third. And then if either of those slip up, Jasmine Adrogo is the dark horse to slip into a podium spot. Yeah, I would say that too. Um, Jasmine has the, I mean, the only meet at sixty nine kilos, and right now he's made improvements since her last meet, and it was a good meet. And a, a relatively new competitor hasn't had a whole lot of meets under her belt, but her lifts are really fucking good. He just hit four oh seven. Good. It was squat. a very good squat, and you know Easy. her. her what, what I've seen about her in the past is just has to, I mean, learn how to power lift. Might sound like, not trying to be a dick, but just learn, you know, how to lock out a deadlift, how to pause a bench, how how to stay in the pocket, quote-unquote, Joey flexed her. She's figured all that out in a very short period of time, and, yeah, I see with her numbers right now a definite improvement to possibly get third here, and... Uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at the projected numbers. I I might still have Claire Zai as my third, but she is Jasmine has come onto the scene, and I think with this new weight class where she sits and waits, she can potentially be in this running for a really long time. Young lifter, very, oh, very I, new. She is project. She is progressing at an insane rate. I mean, I expect her to be challenging for second next year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Possibly first. I, I think Chandler's got a decently nice lead now, but Jasmine is mint for this weight class. The other three lifters, well, actually four lifters, some things are kind of odd here. We've got Stephanie Scoville. She doesn't have, she has a private IG, and I believe even on her private IG, she doesn't post her training. No, yeah, so we, very, very mysterious. I have no idea what's so going on. With she her. competed in December and hit a, a 1062 total, which is fantastic. If she's, if she's progressed over that, She's very much in the running. We just don't know, so it's hard to comment on that one. The other three lifters, Paige Hubbard, Presses Andrews, and Ellen Liverpool, I've got them all stacked up pretty much identical at around a 1050 total. So um, I don't know if they're going to have the top end from what I see to jump with where Claire is. I just I see Jasmine being the one that could possibly jump into that. I would um, not. I would not be. I would not be surprised if Jasmine ended up taking third. Um, where, you know, again, this is like potentially nationals being this big meet where people underperform because the pressure gets to them. But it just, it's for me, 
taking nerves out of it, which I don't think is that much of a factor. Maybe it's just my own individual thought where it just doesn't really affect me. I He lifts to a competition standard at all times now. He does everything he needs to do because he's trying to build a total that's going to be good for top three. So if you continue to do that and you continue to progress and you continue to be smart with your training, you're going to make a lot of progress in the sport, especially if you're gifted, and Jasmine is gifted. So I can see her breaking on to the top three here. Uh, but, you know, Claire, Claire, Claire's Claire look just as good, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Claire, if there's two people making insane progress right now, like we talk about Chandler and Kristen are making really good progress, but like Claire and Jasmine, they're what – they're what we assume people would look like being able to build up into a new weight class. Yeah. And and I and I guess Ellen Liverpool too, she competed in 74s, right? Or my or not 74, um 72s? 72s. Yes, yeah, so she's coming down so, something that's odd. I don't she just did a meet and she squatted high bar. And ever since then I haven't seen her post any low bar videos. I don't know if that's just just coincidence. She doesn't squat as much high bar. Um, she totaled she totaled like in a nine hundred this meet, so I don't know if that's a thing. I'm I don't know, um, but I haven't seen her doing any low bar squatting since um, that meet. Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm with her because again we're talking about like different weight classes here, and she's a fantastic competitor herself. So you know maybe this weight class can bo- boost up that total quite a bit because you ever checked that at ten forty eight and. I don't know, maybe this new weight class can, you know, boost her up into that, you know, 1080 range. Like, I just don't well, know. She's having, she's having to come down, though. She has to come, yeah, but still, like, even even with these new weight classes, I see potentially that being the more comfortable one because they might have to eat into the other weight class. Like, yeah. Daniela Mello's, like, I, she was just very uncomfortable eating into the weight class or being that heavy all year round. Like, yeah. that was the issue. Maybe this... I mean, it does work both ways. So the new weight class element makes, one, this weight class very interesting, but, two, also pretty difficult for me to pick, like, what I'm going to see them do at the meet. But it looks like we have chalk here for one through three. Uh, Chandler, Kristen, and Claire are, you know, both of our ones through threes. Um, but, again, if the future of this uh, weight class is going to be very interesting. And, you know, what we talked about earlier with certain weight classes, the battles being at the two to three range. I think this weight class is, is still is is one of those. But, you know, you also have a defending national. You are not defending that. You have a former national champion in this weight class, too. So, yeah. you know, that's 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 always interesting. You got You can't you can't really sleep on Kristen Dunsmore because that's how good she is. All right. Well, that's going to do it for 69 kilo women now to a big one. A little bit of alteration here, with uh, with some of the weight cl- with some of the competitors competing, but the the battle still is here in the 105 weight class between Bryce Lewis and Ashton Rauska. Bryce Lewis being the defending champion, Ashton Rauska being the highest good lift points lifter in the USAPL currently on the men's side. This one. If if Mikey D was in it because I think he could challenge Bryce and Ashton Roska, uh, he was second at 2019. This will be considered possibly the biggest matchup of Raw Nationals. I would if if Mikey D was in it because I would because whenever you get three guys competing for number one, it's better than two. Uh, that's yep. just simple mathematics. Even I think even you could agree with that one. I know I'm not the math guy here, but three is better than two. But as far as impressive weights being lifted. 
in, incredible competitors with a high pedigree, with a lot of prestige, with a lot of accolades, and something that I think catches the everyday viewer of just strength sports, this is the weight class to look at. I would probably rank it 105 super heavyweight, then 83, if Mikey D was in it. It lost a little bit of luster with uh, without Mikey D, but Bryce Lewis and Ashton Rouska. This is going to be fun. Yes. I mean, I, I battles we're talking about right now, I, I think the headlines are Sean and Russ and Bryce and Ashton and Ray and Jesus yep. on the men's side. Those are the ones to look at. Ashton, we've obviously seen compete recently. Bryce, we haven't. Ashton, um, he competed. Actually, he just competed like last weekend, but it was more of a training or two weeks ago. It was kind of like a training day. Um, we actually hadn't seen him posting much. And then all of a sudden, I think it was, it was a, couple, a couple days ago, he posted that massive training day with 793, 452, and 815. Just huge. Because I kind of wonder if maybe he got hurt a little bit. Because he, But at the same time, you, you know, more than me because you're in some group chats with him. But he also sometimes just kind of backs off social media when he needs to focus and he's really busy. So I've got Ashton at 805, 455, 835 for a 2095 total. If he hits that, I don't think Bryce can match him. The difference is, if we're talking about who is most likely to hit nine lifts, we're talking Bryce Lewis. Yes, yes. I, I could agree with you, even though I think extremely highly of Ash. Bryce Lewis, this is what he's good at, is being a great competitor on the platform. Uh, I mean, still a great, you know, quote-unquote gym lifter, but this is where Bryce Lewis becomes Bryce Lewis, defending national champion, is because he knows how to hit all these lifts on the platform. He's very smart about his attempt selection, and he's a great executioner. He's won many times world and national championships when he wasn't the strongest lifter on the day. Uh, 2019 is the perfect example. If you guys go back to his 2019, Ashton and Kristoff. Yeah. Kristoff, I I think Bryce would say, Kristoff was arguably stronger. Now, there were some other things that kind of happened with grip with Kristoff. But Kristoff was probably a stronger lifter than Bryce. In particular, I think 2018 world. I think Bryce was stronger in 2019. 2018, I think Bryce just out-executed him. Bryce is the one that is is the giant killer in the sense that he will beat a stronger lifter based off of execution. I've got me 51 and team. I really try. Bryce usually hits more in a meet than he hits in the gym. So it's kind of hard to gauge him, but I was trying to look back at his training to see what was he doing then versus now. I didn't see enough to say he's going to do too much more on squat and bench. I think if he just did that in a meet, that would be about his goal. Deadlift those things would be tracking really well. So I think he can go about 820 to 825 on deadlift, which puts him around 2070 to 2075. So about 10 kilos off of Ashton's top end based off of how I see it. So based off of it, I see about a 10 kilo difference. Now, Ashton, I have him at 835 deadlift. I think he could go more. I'm putting 835 because I think he shouldn't. I I don't know if he needs, he wants to pull more because he needs to make sure he wins, not just YOLOs it. Um, I'm not saying he's YOLO'd in past meets, but they've kind of reached for a total at some of these meets recently, like a TSS meet. They put, I think, 844 on the bar versus picking the exact number they they, they maybe thought 100% he had. I think more they're going to pick the deadlift he has. I think yeah. he has 835. I think he's got Bryce by about 10 kilos. But like I said, like I, I don't think – this isn't like what we talked about with maybe Cake Dill and maybe Taylor where we think it's it's – they've – they're, they've got a decent lead. I don't think Ashton has that much of a lead on Bryce. 
as people might think. No, I, I, I don't. I mean, I mean, this is what happened in 2019 Raw Nationals. If you listen to Bryce Lewis's interview when he came on here, he said he, based on what Ash was hitting in the gym, he hit, did not give himself much of a chance to win. But once Ash started missing lifts, that it it turns into Bryce Lewis's ball game when the other lifter misses. Like that's something you can't do with Bryce. Now, if I think if Ashley goes seven for nine or eight for nine, even he'll win because that's how big his total is, just based on even just missing one or two lifts. But if he has a meet where you know he misses squat, bench, and deadlift on third attempts, then that's where Bryce Lewis will win. Um, I mean, the reason why I'm, I'm I'm confident in Ash right now is because I think he's gotten past the gym lifter label that he had for a long time. I think. I actually think he was possibly had the biggest label of being a gym lifter for a really long time because he was favored to win 2019 Raw Nationals, didn't really do it. Uh, some of the meets that he has, he wasn't able to replicate his, replicate his gym totals. I think right now he is at a point where he is going to do that. Um, he is going to do that. He has proven it. And even on, I still think even on some bad meets or even if he misses one or two, he still has a total better than Bryce. And I know for a fact, talking to Marcellus, they've experimented with a couple different peaking methods so that they have the data for this meet. So they, they know exactly what to do in this meet to get the results they want. Um, I'm thinking those lists we just saw are his heaviest lists, and he's going to start pulling back a little bit because he, he tends to get really beat up from that like one heavy day. So I think he hit that 793 and whatnot. Um, and the 815 dead, I assume, we'll see, maybe I'm wrong, maybe they're going to go heavy this week again, I assume that may have been the peak, we'll see, but either way, I've got Ashton winning, I could 100% see Bryce hopping in and going 9 for 9 if Ashton slips up, but if we're going top end strength, Bryce, it's it's similar to 2019, Bryce doesn't quite have what Ashton has, and it it comes down to who makes the list. And I'm very confident this year Ashton can at least go eight for nine, and if he goes eight for nine, he probably wins. Yeah, that's that's my that's my logic behind this as well. And I think I think um, I mean based on the hot takes we get from Two White Lights, the 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 story posts that we get, a lot of people are a little bit. I mean, I, I don't know about uh, of accusatory tone towards Two White Lights of overvaluing Ashton Rouska and devaluing Bryce Lewis. Um, I don't know if that's the case because, like you said, if Bryce Lewis ends up winning 105s, I will not be surprised because we're talking about Bryce Lewis. We're not talking about some lifter who we're, we're talking about potential right now. Bryce Lewis is that potential. He has done this before. He is arguably the most seasoned competitor on the male side who is a national champion right now. Um, I can't really think of anyone aside from Taylor Atwood and Ray Williams who's oh. and Dennis, really. Yeah. But I would say he would be probably above in that sense where he's hit. Like, Dennis, you know, for a while has kind of just kicked everyone's ass. Bryce has been in a battle in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, same thing with Ray. Ray was, kicks everyone's ass. He had to go against Garrett Blevins. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I'm blanking on the name. Gosh, he retired. I, the guy, he won Worlds multiple times, too. I don't know. I'm blanking. He's, he's coached by uh, Ben Escrow. Whatever it is. And Bryce has never had an easy meet. Every meet he's ever been in, he's been in a battle. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you're just, I mean, really, you're, I mean, for me, it's like you're taking Bryce against my pick for the best overall winner of yeah. Raw Nationals. And I think Ashton Rouse, because, you know, he's, he is, that's another thing where people kind of accuse me of taking Ashton's side on all the things. Like, are you guys just forgetting that he has the best good lift points in the USAPL currently as a 105 kilo lifter? Like, are, 
you can't. I, I, I don't know how you're ignoring that, but I'm definitely not going to ignore that. He is currently the best pound-for-pound pound lifter in the USAPL. So, yeah, I, I, I have to pick Ashton Roska in that case, and that's just uh, that's that's how it, that's how it plays out because Bryce Lewis is an incredible lifter, and it would not surprise me if he won. But I just yeah. can't go against it in my opinion, the best pound-for-pound lifter in the USAPL and who I think is going to be the next John Hack of powerlifting. Yep. For third, we've got a three-way interesting battle, too. Between between Cayman Battle, Jake Amendola, and David Wilson. And this one's going to be close. Very close. I mean, the big big mystery is Cayman Battle isn't posting anything. It doesn't normally post his list. So we have no idea what he's done. His last meet, he hit 1962. And if you take that, that's a pretty sizable advantage over what Dave and Joseph have done. Joe's training, or J- I say Joseph because his, his name in USAPL based off of it is, is Joseph, but he goes by Jake. So sorry if I'm going to confuse people. Jake, he did a meet recently and it kind of went okay, um, but he did just squat 700 in February. So I think he's going to be able to set a squat PR. But the big, the big thing I'm seeing, I think everyone's seeing, Dave Wilson's on fire right now. Yeah. And he's the guy who has the most potential, too. He's from 93, going to 105, had to find his footing in 105 in 2019. And he's still finding finding his footing. And right now, it's it's working out for him. He looks fantastic. And you know what the great thing about these three guys are? It's going to be just fantastic to watch them. Because, like, Cayman's the squat guy, Jake is the bench guy, and Dave is the the deadlift guy. Yeah. So like between them, they got their own individual strengths and all actually, and also just, you get the beauty of those three lifts, you know, when you get to watch them because came in with his squat, Jake, in my opinion, him and Keiko have the best, just best benches in the USAPL. I love watching the bench and David Wilson, he's looking fantastic on his deadlift. So yeah, it's going to be really fun to watch those uh, watch those three guys. And without Mikey D, now you have a podium position for one of these three guys. And, you know, I, I don't think they were thinking about that going into the meet when you have the three be- some of the three best lifters in the USAPL period, not just in the weight class, but the USAPL period, battling it out. I don't think any of these guys thought they were had a chance here. Yeah. I've got an, I've got Kanan at 1962. I've got... Jake at 1945, and I've got Dave right at like that 1962 as well. So I very much have Dave and Cayman tied based off of projections. Like I said, if Cayman had posted anything that could give us a hint that he progressed, that would probably be a little, it would clarify this a bit more. It comes down to the fact that like Dave's deadlift looks insane right now, and I have zero doubt he's going to load whatever he needs for third, and we have past proof that when he loads it up, he can pull for a win because he loaded it up and beat Ashton back in 2018 in 93. Yeah, he did. Uh, I'm, I, I know I, the person I trust more is David Wilson right now. Uh, Cayman, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know much about how his training is going right now. Um, and this will be huge for David, you know, because last year or 2019 Raw Nationals, um, Going into the competition, going up from 93, being the champion, and then going into a different weight class, I don't think he, I don't know if he thought he'd be in the third place range, but right now he could find himself at a podium position in 105s, and I think, in my opinion, I don't know what his goals are, but he's ahead of schedule. 
of what uh what his goals possibly were at 105. I think that's within one nationals that he can potentially be the third best lifter at the meet within his weight class is going to be massive for him. So I'm gonna have to put him third. It's I mean I'm probably gonna be surprised when I get there because I just haven't seen too much of Cayman just in general like. I just haven't seen too many competitions he's in. I haven't been to too many competitions where he was at and competed at. So, yeah, that's that's the that's the uh, that's the mystery for me is Kamen. I'm I'm going David too, but if Kamen beats him and comes out with something we had no idea he had, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I yeah. I, I I really had to think about this one because I had to kind of think of like does Kamen have these secret gains that we don't know about because it's very likely. But I don't know. The, the deciding factor for me was just Dave getting that last pull. And so for me, I'm going to go Dave for third because he's going to pull what he needs. And based on his training, I don't know I don't know what his limit is. I, I, he literally, I think he said if he can't hit 825, he, he's going to be absolutely shocked. And that's insane. If he can hit 825 at, like on his, at, at minimum, that's insane. So. Yeah. I agree. I'm uh, again with that mystery with uh, Cayman. I'm very curious to see what happens between those two. But looks like we have chalk for those two as well. So we're both in agreement on the 105s and 69 kilo, and that is going to do it for preview number two of Raw Nationals. And we are getting closer and closer every day. Yeah, flights are booked. Uh... I'm, I'm driving out there next Saturday. Yeah, I know you're heading out to Carolina primetime first on, on Friday to then uh, uh, commentate there before heading down to Daytona Beach. So we're getting close. All these predictions, we're gonna know we're gonna know the answer. Yeah, and you know what's gonna be fun is like that uh, the, that Monday and Tuesday of seeing the lifters like kind of get in their last sessions, and if you know we were we were we, we you can kind of get an idea of where lifters are at. I, th- I think the Arnold was for me when I, I got that first experience of like competing against guys and watching their last sessions and kind of looking where they were at. I'm like, ooh, I don't know what's going on here with this lifter. It looks a little bit shaky on everything or his weight cut or his weight cut looks a little rough. So, you know, we we can get some insider information. The last episode will probably be aired uh that Monday. So I have to figure that out when I'm out in uh when I'm out in Daytona Beach uh on that Sunday. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited. The more the days that goes by, the more I feel it. The more yeah. I feel the raw Nationals energy. Uh, we are ready. It's been a long time. Yep. For those who have never been to Raw Nationals or even the Arnold, it's just it's just a special get together. Like we've been we've been waiting for this one for a while. So yep. finally get this. I mean, we're gonna see a lot of the uh, the. The bunker gains come out, the progress over all this time. Finally see it come to fruition. We're gonna have some crazy battles. So Yep. And we got one we got one more episode coming up next week for the finale. We got seventy six women, eighty four women and eighty four plus, and then we're gonna have the one twenty and one twenty plus men. Yeah, so. and that's gonna be exciting as well because uh, I think we get to in my opinion, which I think this might be two white lights job, is to make this one of the leads in two white lights. The battle between Hay and Ray, or Jesus and Ray, yeah, Mega versus Optimus. That's yep. going to be yeah, and a very and well, also I mean, also very curious. Big, we almost might want to lead with that next week because we that's might, the, I mean, 
Yeah. I don't want to say unf- I don't want to say unfortunately, but like the 76, 120, 84, and 80 plus women, it, there isn't as much storylines per se. There's some really good lifters, but we've kind of got the Daniellas and the Amandas and the Bonicas. And Dennis. Those and, are all like the Dennis. biggest favorites ever. Yes. They're like they're kind of the gappers and the big favorites. Jesus versus Ray. I think people just don't talk about it because, like, Ray isn't a big social media dude. It's not like Russ and Sean who are all over social media or even Ashton and, and Bryce. Also, timing's a thing, too, because if we're talking about 2018, 2019, this would be huge because oh, Ray yeah. was arguably the face. I mean, I don't think – no, I, I'm not going to say arguably. He was, he was definitively the face of the USAPL. He was, and I would say Russ is now. And we'll see how that plays out after Nationals. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Also, we are going to get more of those posts going on Two White Lights so you guys can vote on who you think is going to win certain weight classes. We have one uh, that should be up by the time that we air this episode, and that's Taylor Atwood and Austin Perkins, I think our very first storyline. And then more going forward that you guys get to vote on and give me your hot takes as we go, uh, as we get a little further. I don't know if you saw it, but Shots Fired by Squat Meme Deadlift. Instagram account. He, he made a post with files for memes if Sean wins, meme if Russ wins, and the memes for when Taylor Atkins wins. <laughs> I love that meme page. They're awesome. So, they are awesome, by the way. We got to get them like employed by Two White Lights so they can do. I, that, actually, we should. He, that, if I'm he, whoever that is that runs it, I don't know if you know who runs it. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. There. Yeah, I, I don't know him personally. I would love to have them on Two White Lights as the official analytics person because they obviously are have some background in statistics because they're mean slash amazing info at the same time. They yeah. confuse us on a daily basis. Yeah, fa- yeah, fantastic. I did not see that. It's actually very, very funny. All right, well, that's going to do it for Two White Lights. We'll see you guys next week. We have a few other episodes coming up, so get excited for that. But remember, those preview episodes will probably be up on Fridays and Mondays. Peace!